Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Chicago leading Detroit late second period in the NHL. Patrick Kane points streak up to 19 games. Jets and Avalanche scoreless. Seven and a half minutes left in the first period. Later on, Islanders and Flames. Then the Islanders head to Edmonton to play the Oilers tomorrow. That'll be on 6.30. Ched. Coverage will start at 5.30. Bruins and Golden Knights will face off in about an hour. The Bruins trade Ryan Donato to the Wild and they get Charlie Coyle in return. Coyle 26 years old, 28 points in 60 games this season. Donato, 22, final year of his entry-level deal. He has nine points in 34 games. So the Wild, despite being in the final playoff spot in the Western Conference, looks like that's a bit of a sell-off trade for them. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Mo texting in, he says, Hey, Reed, I get a lot of slack for still believing the Oilers are not out of the playoff race. The fact is, mathematically, but likely not realistically, there is a chance. Considering last year's debacle, this is marginally better, and I am proud to say, as a diehard Oilers fan, I still believe. That is from Mo. Okay. I believe Mo has called in, too. And uh, I, I have no problem with optimism or belief. I'm just... Well, he says it. Realistically, there's not much of a chance. And, Mo, I hate to tell you this, they're actually on pace to have a worse record than last year. They're closer to a playoff spot because of the conference being so bad. But realistically, they are they are doing worse than last year. I mean, they finished four games under 500 last year. They're currently five games under 500. So they will have to be one game over 500 in their remaining 23 games to match last year's record. And as I mentioned earlier, they will probably have to be 10 games over 500 to make the playoffs. 15-5-3 is the target record, I would say. I mean, well, basically 33 points in 23 games. So I guess 16-6-1 would, would work out the same way. It is going to be extremely difficult, and they are going to have to play at a level they have not yet been able to achieve this season. And they are going to have to do it with a lineup that, especially up front, is weaker than it has been at any other point during the season. Jeff says, hey, Reed, if we can get five or six eight-point nights from Gagne, we just might be okay down the stretch. Well, Jeff, you make a great point. <laughs> that is good. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, uh, if Gagne had five or six eight-point nights, that's probably five or six wins in the bank. So you still need nine or ten more along the way. 
But, hey, Jeff's just trying to figure out a way to make it work. That's all. That's all. Yeah, realistically versus mathematically, I think, is the key here. Because you always say a team, is until they're mathematically eliminated, you can't absolutely 100% for sure say they're out. So Mo is right. Until it is mathematically impossible, until the Oilers have fewer points available than they are points out of a playoff spot, there is always at least somewhat of a chance. But they got to pass almost everybody. Well, they got to pass you know, all the other teams out of the playoffs and then one more team. They're only ahead of one team in the West and they don't have a lot of time to do it. They only have uh, six wins in their last 26 games. So that's why I'm I'm not overly confident about winning 15 out of 23. But Gagne is back. I don't know if he's going to have any eight-point nights, but hopefully he can fit in. Here's Hitch. I think what makes it good for Sam is that he played under a system in Toronto that is exactly what's here. So he's comfortable here because terminology is the same, the words are the same, the system's the same. So he can come in and just play ice hockey, and I think that's really helped him. Uh, he's not. There's no get-to-know-you phase. He's just gone in and played. And he understands the way we exit is the same way they do in the Toronto set, set up there. And I think that's made it very comfortable for him. The part that we like is that we've been crying all year for people to shoot the puck and let us play after the shot, which is where the NHL is going. The puck possession game starts from the shot on goal. And he puts it on the net. And every time he's out there and he puts it on the net, it allows us to keep the puck. So it's a real good fit for what we need right now. And... It looks like his, you don't want to say this, but everybody talks about his tempo, but his tempo to me doesn't look like there's a problem right now. And I think a lot of that is that the way he played in Toronto is the same way we play here. Well, well, I will say this for Gagne, and again, being realistic, that's the word of the night, he has been in the American Hockey League most of this season. I mean, the Oilers have him up there on the power play, partly because McDavid was out last night. And because their lineup's not that deep. If if you're relying on Sam Gagne to be one of your top four or five point producers, that's going to be pretty tough. But I, I, I do agree with Hitch. You give Gagne credit because he will shoot the puck and he will get it on net and he will try to put it in a dangerous area and create a little chaos in the opposition's end of the rink. Just as a side note here, is it not? Odd. This just sort of occurred to me listening to Hitch and talking about Gagne shooting the puck. Is it not sort of odd, given that we have a National Hockey League team that we talk about, that I cover, and that we know that the goal of hockey is to score more goals than the opposition. Just bear with me here. I know I'm being kind of uh, sarcastic, but I am going to make a point. Is it not odd, given that the goal of hockey is to score goals and that to score goals is to shoot the puck, how many discussions have we had in recent years about the Oilers being unwilling to shoot the puck and not getting enough shots on goal? Given that that, that's that's one of the very first things you need to do to actually score a goal, and, and win games. We've had a lot of players who we've said they don't shoot enough or they don't get the puck to the net enough. Now, is that a mentality or a lack of ability? I think depending on the player, it might be different. But at, at least Gagne brings a little bit of that mentality. So, there we go.
Uh, Boris says, Reed, is there animosity between Gagne and Cassian? Is it still an issue or water under the bridge? I don't think that that incident from several years ago is an issue between the two men. I think they have moved on for that. Oh, this texture's giving me homework, Kellen. Uh, can you look up the stats? When was the Oiler, When was the last time the Oilers won 15 of 23 games? I Well, you know what? I think they might have done it two years ago. I'm going to quickly Google their playoff series because they won. Uh, so, Kellen, they won 12 of their last 14. You remember that because you right, were working yeah. in games. Yeah. So I'm guessing it happened at the end of the 16-17 season. It would let have us, had to, yeah. Let us quickly look. So they finished the year with a record of 47-26-9. So let's go back 23 games. This is going to test my uh, research abilities on the fly here. So uh, after, where are we here? So they were 32-19-8, which means they finished. Is that? No, that's the wrong math. No, that's right. Yes, two years ago they finished the season fifteen seven and one. That's that adds up to twenty three fifteen. It's yes. So they did it two years ago when they made the playoffs. Yep, because they were in that dogfight with Anaheim for the uh, division title, right? Well, they remember what happened a, a couple of years ago when they made the playoffs. I mean, the Oilers were in a playoff spot all season long. Yeah, they won their first two games. They started seven and one. They didn't have a great November, but they stayed in a playoff spot. And then, do you remember February, March, Calgary had that 10-game winning streak? And the Oilers actually got bumped down to a wild-card spot. Mm -hmm. And then Calgary leveled off, and the Oilers passed Calgary, passed San Jose by by winning 12 of their last 14. So there you go. It it wasn't that long ago, but, I mean, that team was a lot better two years ago. But there's your answer. So we figured it out on the fly. That's good. All right. uh, This texture says, Would the Oilers consider trading Lucic and retaining salary? I am going to flip that around to that individual who wrote that in. Would you consider, if you're the general manager of another team, would you consider acquiring Milan Lucic, even if the Oilers retained part of his salary? Would you consider acquiring Milan Lucic and paying him $4 million a year for the next four years if the Oilers retained two per year? What if it were three and three? Because the, the, the Oilers probably wouldn't retain more than that. So let me flip that around. Would you consider acquiring Milan Lucic, even if the Oilers retained his salary, and how much of that salary would have to be retained? All right, you're going to hear from Darcy Park. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Coach of the Edmonton Wildcats, they were one of many amateur football programs to benefit today from a 50-50 donation from the Edmonton Eskimos. That's when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 
Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. So Connor McDavid did not practice today. Still ill. Hitch says we just got to wait and see if he'll be ready tomorrow. Oilers morning skate at 10.30, 7 o'clock game against the New York Islanders. So the Edmonton Eskimos have announced a record-breaking donation of $845,000 to support amateur football in northern Alberta. This is as a result of the uh, 50-50 proceeds from each game. So $250,000 each to the Huskies and the Wildcats. 110,000 to the U of A Golden Bears team, another 100 grand to the U of A Golden Bears football endowment fund, $100,000 to Football Alberta for their Northern Alberta programs, and 35,000 to the Edmonton Eskimo Alumni Association's amateur football initiative. So the junior teams getting a quarter million dollars each, and the Edmonton Huskies are hosts are coached by Darcy Park, who spoke to Dave Campbell. So what does a day like this mean to you, Darcy? Um, that you're able to be a part of a, another big donation from the Edmonton Eskimos, $250,000. What, what does that mean to the Edmonton Wildcats? Well, we, we, we joke a little bit, but honestly, uh, um, this this uh, money from the 50-50 from the Eskimos it means everything to our, our, our organization. Um, us and the Huskies rely heavily on it for our, our operating costs. And, and again, being able to, uh, you know, keep the costs low for our for our players and, and allow them the opportunity to get earned scholarship money. Um, this money gets spread, uh, you know, from the work that we do with Football Alberta down to the lower levels. And again, being able to provide opportunities for minor football players. Um, and again, like we talked about earlier, it, it, it allows, again, to build that continuity between all the levels of, of football in, in, in northern Alberta, and it's just excellent. It seems to bring all of football Alberta from an amateur level together. I mean, for example, you're using the, the bubble at Foot Field uh, to, to prepare for the upcoming season. Uh, have you seen kind of that, that link become much more stronger and tighter? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we can go right back to when uh, Len Rhodes came in. Uh, one of the original things he did was uh, started the Northern Alberta uh, Summit, which brought all the key stakeholders together from the junior teams, uh, the university, and, and uh, minor football. Uh, and we, we looked at our sport, and, and we looked at what needed to be done. Um, you know, and I think that you know, uh, being in the same room and working together, we all have common goals. We all want to have successful programs, but we also, you know, again, from the leadership from the Eskimos, we want to make sure that we are uh, doing the right things for the community, uh, providing opportunities for, uh, you know, the youth to, to play this game. And, and as was mentioned in the press conference, you know, the, through football, Berta, the uh, introduction of the flag football has opened up our sport to, uh, you know, to everyone. Mm-hmm. Let's be blunt here. How difficult would it be for the Edmonton Wildcats and the Edmonton House to operate without the donations every year from from the Edmonton Eskimos? Oh, uh, it would be, uh, you know, I wouldn't say impossible because Edmonton's a great sport team, but uh, sport city, but uh, it does provide us uh, an ability to run uh, first-class organizations and, again, provide uh, opportunities for our athletes and players who come through our organization. Um, you know, I've been around for 20 years, and, you know, when I first started watching the, the, the pots, we were happy to get a $30,000 pot at a game, and, and that was a big deal. And, and all it's done is, um, you know, we're, we still have to be really fiscally responsible with the money because obviously it, it's expensive. But what it's done with uh, when the automated um, 
payment stuff came in and we started to see the pots grow, it just allowed us to think a little bit big picture and, and again, provide some stability within the organization. I know it's been a busy year for you. Uh, you know, you've been working a lot with uh, your head coach for Team Alberta. You're running camps. And then you're able to convince a former Edmonton Husky in Blake Dermott to become your offensive line coach. How were you able to pull this off? Well, I'd like to take the credit for that, but uh, uh, we were fortunate enough. Uh, Blake, actually, his, uh, his son, Brock Dermott, played for me uh, in the early 2000s and, and worked together with our offensive coordinator, Andy Pilon, so, uh, when they were in high school. Uh, Blake's obviously been around the football community forever, and uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to work with him. You know, unfortunately, I'm starting to hear the same stories again, so uh, we joke a little bit about that, but uh, he's just an unreal... Uh, resource for, again, a young group of coaches is someone who's been around the game for so long. Uh, and again, he, he does things for the right reason. Uh, he's there to, again, just pass on his knowledge to, to the players. Um, I, he's going to have a big input on what we're doing offensively because of his relationship with, with Andy Pilon. And, and again, uh, you know, the only stipulation was we had to make sure that the Eskimo schedule and our schedule were, uh, were going to work out so that, uh, you know, he, he loves doing what he's doing on 630 Chet. And, and again, that's we're proud of our program to be able to have him, him around. Well, it's the best of both worlds. I'm really happy he gets the coach, uh, on, and he's on your staff, and we get to keep him as well. So it's the best of both worlds. So i got to thank you for, for allowing him to, to be with us during the Edmonton Eskimos broadcast season. Yeah, well, when you get to the age that Blake's at, right, you have to start limiting a little bit of the hours he spends. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Good stuff from Darcy Park, talking, talking to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Blake Dermott, of course, joining the Wildcats coaching staff, and the Wildcats getting... $250,000 today from the Eskimos as part of the 50-50 program. $250,000 also going to the Huskies, and you can get more on that story on 630Ched.com. Hey, I want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about brunch Northern Chicken style, buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can visit northchickenyeg.com. Or just go there in person. That's an even better way to eat the food. All right, we're coming up to the 7.30 news. We will hear from Alex Posnikoff. Have not had her on the show for a couple of seasons. Outstanding forward for the U of A Pandas hockey team. They have a playoff series starting Friday against Saskatchewan. If they win, they go to the Canada West Championship Series and they lock up a spot at Nationals in Prince Edward Island. And Barnaby Craddock, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team, they have a playoff series this weekend and Barnaby has a new job. He's going to be coaching the Bears in the winter and the Stingers in the summer. That's the new pro team coming to Edmonton. So he's going to tell us about that opportunity. Going to be a fun half hour all ahead inside sports on 630 Chat. news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 630 chad islanders and flames about to get underway islanders here tomorrow night to face the oilers it's on 630 chad 530 face-off show game at seven no score winnipeg and colorado after the first period 
early in the third. The Blackhawks, despite only having 12 shots on goal, lead the Red Wings 4-1. Later on tonight, Boston at Vegas. The Bruins get Charlie Coyle from the Wild in exchange for Ryan Donato and a fifth-round pick. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Connor McDavid did not practice tomorrow, still dealing with that illness that kept them out of last night's game against Arizona, so we'll see if he's on the ice for the morning skate. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. Man, busy weekend on uh, the U of A campus. The following teams will be hosting playoff series. Golden Bears Volleyball, Pandas Volleyball, Golden Bears Basketball, Golden Bears Hockey, and Pandas Hockey against Saskatchewan, led by this player, Alex Posnikoff. Alex, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on the show again. A long overdue second appearance for you. I know we had you in studio a couple of years ago, and you continue to excel with the Pandas and in Canada West. You led Canada West in scoring with 37 points in 27 games. You had two of uh, other Pandas up there in the top three. Well, why do you think you uh, you were able to have such individual success this year, Alex? Uh, well, you know what? I think that uh, my my team and my line mates actually had a lot to do with that. We, I mean, they finished. Uh, my line mates finished right underneath me, and we kind of just the whole year fed off each other. And I think that's kind of a huge part of the success I had. Well, and the the pandas have had a pretty interesting year. I, I just want people to really grasp this stat. So you had thirty seven points. Uh, you you played twenty seven of the twenty eight games. So you figured in 37 goals. Your team yeah. as a whole in 28 regular season games allowed 24 goals. How do you possibly allow fewer than a goal per game over the course of a 28-game season? It was actually quite phenomenal to see what our goalies did this year. And, I mean, I think we actually ended up setting a new record for at least goals against in a season. and. Just from the goaltenders out, the whole team just played phenomenally defensively, and then, of course, that translates to offense. But, yeah, it was pretty remarkable what we managed to do this season. Well, and I, you know, I, I follow along with the stats, and I, I was aware that there were a lot of shutouts, but I, I didn't realize that the, <laughs> the, the total for the season <laughs> was less than one per game. Uh, you won 23 of your, uh, your 25 games this season. Now, do you guys use that... That three-two-one point structure, where an overtime win is worth two and a regulation win is worth three. Uh, yeah, we do. So okay. you, everyone, you kind of lose a point if you go into overtime. Okay, but basically, you had twenty-three wins and and five losses. If we're just going to round off, I'm not going to give all the columns. So you you finished first. You play Saskatchewan this weekend in a semifinal. What can you tell me about uh, about the Huskies coming in? What do you expect from this series? Uh, well, they're actually a pretty quick team and very physical. So I mean, it's usually a pretty tight game between us so we're gonna have to make sure um we match their speed and just kind of play our game and i think we'll we'll be okay if we do that but yeah they're a pretty pretty talented team so we'll have to be on our best game how competitive would would you describe canada west there are uh, there are eight teams six of the eight made the made the playoffs um like would, would you describe it as as a pretty deep league or was it top heavy this year um, it's actually a pretty deep league. I mean, most of our losses came to some of the teams that are in the lower ranks of the standing. So it really, any game is uh, up for grabs. So from the first first game to the end, it's usually a bit of a, a nail biter for playoffs. So 
Alex Posnikoff joining us on Inside Sports Forward for the U of A Pandas hockey team. Their game times this weekend, by the way, 2 o'clock Friday and Saturday. If they need a game three on Sunday against Saskatchewan, it's going to be a one in the afternoon. So there'll be double headers at Claire Drake Arena because the Golden Bears are going to play in the evenings against Calgary. So a lot going on campus-wise. How much time do you have to to follow how the other teams are doing. I mean, almost all the games are Friday and Saturday, so I know it's tough for athletes to go to other teams' games, plus you're on the road half the time. So how, how closely do you, do you pay attention or, or get to know athletes on other teams at the U of A? Um, it's actually, we, we do our best to kind of you know, support the, the whole community at the U of A because I know a lot of teams, you go to their game and they'll come to yours when it works. And so usually any time that we... We're at home, and we kind of we play early, and they play later. We'll we'll come out and watch. But our social media is really good at keeping us connected because we always know how our teams are doing, and we're always wanting to, you know, U of A is a pretty outstanding uh, school in terms of athletics. So we're always proud to see the success of our other teams as well. So, all right, Alex, what are you studying again? Uh, I'm in phys ed. Okay, and what would you like to do with that, ideally? Or do you hate when people... It's okay if you just want to say, Reed, I hate when people ask me that and I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, at this point, I just hope my uh, my sister can make me some money but with her singing voice. So, and then I'll maybe figure out a job after that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is your sister an aspiring singer? Uh, yeah, she sure is. Taylor Ray, she is uh, the talent of the family. Okay. That's uh, that's that's good to hear for sure. What about and then, well, you have one more year after this. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, you're a, you're a credit to the program, and we got we got to get you on more often. Well, hopefully, we'll get you on into your playoff run here and and going into nationals because if you do win this weekend, you not only go to the Canada West final, but you get a spot in nationals in Prince Edward Island. And obviously, the pandas have ton of ba- have ton of banners up there at Claire Drake. <laughs> Alex, thanks for checking in tonight, and all the best. Yeah, thanks for having me. Alex Posnikoff, Inside Sports on 630 Shed for the U of A Pandas. So I just, I want to give that stat again. Because maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, Reed's finally lost his mind. That can't possibly be accurate. The U of A Pandas hockey team played 28 Canada West regular season games. They allowed 24 goals. They were below a goal per game in goals against average. That is phenomenal. So Saskatchewan this weekend, and then we'll see who they play in the Canada West final. Hey, uh, we were talking in the last half hour about these uh, donations by the Eskimos from the 50-50. A total of $845,000 to support the development of amateur football in northern Alberta. And his last day on the job, outgoing President Len Rhodes spoke to our Dave Campbell. Well, Len, on your final day here as uh, President and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos, I find it fitting that it's on a day where you make the annual announcement since, you know, what, going back to 2012, uh, over $800,000 donation to amateur football. Uh, and this 50, you know, and through the 50-50 program, this has become an absolute powerhouse over the last few years. It's phenomenal. When we automated in 2012, we've now accumulated a donation to amateur football on the tune of $4.5 million. When I share that story with the other CFL teams, their jaws drop. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. But more than the money, it's I think since 12, 2012, I was able to bring alignment to all the football stakeholders at all levels. 
Amateur football doesn't always get the headlines or the stories, but it's incredible. The volunteers in terms of what they're doing behind the scenes to get not only little young men now playing the game, but young girls playing the game. Mm-hmm. And then you look at flag football, and that's just taking all the barriers down, and now more kids are signing up than ever before. And you said 30 junior high schools now have flag football in their curriculum, and it's going into the high school system as well, right? Correct. So three years ago, we introduced it at the junior public high school level, and now now 30 schools, 600 kids are signed up, and it's a ratio of 55% boys, 45% girls. We love it, and the mom and dad are great because they don't worry about the physical contact side of it. And then if they want to get pursue it on a more serious basis, they can get into the tackle side at a later date. But it's wonderful. So what's going on here, just compared to six, seven years ago, where everyone was talking about declines and all the kids want to play soccer, let them play soccer, but let them play football. They can do both. Have you seen since uh, 2012 when you you know automated the 50/50 and the you know the proceeds uh, part of the proceeds go towards amateur football? Have you seen the amateur football community become a tighter knit community? Very much so. So. You know, when you come from outside, I was a set of fresh eyes in 2012, and I just noticed one thing. My observations were such that people were working hard, but they weren't working together. The junior teams weren't working with the university, not necessarily working with the Football Alberta, and we just felt that we had to align them. So we brought a summit together, the stakeholders got together, mm-hmm. through 50-50, and as the pro team here in Edmonton, it gave us the ability to show some leadership, and to their credit, all of the stakeholders came together and decided they wanted to work in harmony and all of a sudden the focus was working together and everyone has a different role to play. Let's not have everyone do the same things and stepping on one another's toes. Once we established roles and responsibilities, we just went to the next chapter and it's been really positive and the sky's the limit. Maybe if we continue according to the trends that we've established in the last seven years for the next 10 years, people will be talking about the growth of football, not the decline of football. Well, it's your final day. So I'll ask you a simple question. How do you feel? I feel somewhat sad Mm -hmm. because it's like leaving a love behind. Uh, While it was a decision that I felt like I want to do something else, it's not because anything went wrong. I love the Edmonton Eskimos. I've loved the fans that love the Eskimos, and this community is second to none. It's the people that drive this. This job brought me from Eastern Canada on December 1st, 2011, and I fell in love with it. And that tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'll still be in Edmonton, thank God. Mm -hmm. But not coming to the Eskimos office will be weird. And I'm not sure how to deal with it, so... I'm not, I'm not looking forward to walking out the door this evening because uh, I'm not sure what next is. Well, I want to say personally, thank you very much for the last seven years. I think we've built a, a really good relationship here with uh, the Eskimos and 630 Ched. And overall, you've been very good in the community and you care a lot about this community. And I, I love it as a, someone who's lived here all my life, someone who comes from the outside and entrenches themselves in this community. And and has fallen in love with the community, and you have. So uh, that's great to see, and thank you very much, and all the best. You. I'm going to go home and polish that 2015 Grey Cup ring. <laughs> and I want the Eskimos to win it in 19. No one is going to be cheering louder and harder than me for the Edmonton Eskimos in 19. The club is in great shape. That is Len Rhodes, final time as president and CEO of the team here on Inside Sports. All right, we will go to the hardwood. Some hoops. Barnaby Craddock. Coaching the U of A Golden Bears. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bears and pro. Going to be coaching two teams. He'll tell the story when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. I heard from the news earlier on the show. Big goal last night, but the Oilers had to settle for a single point. 3-2 overtime loss to the Arizona Coyotes. It's 749. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. And he's added another title as well, but we'll get to that in a minute. My buddy Barnaby Craddock. Barnaby, welcome back to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it is good to talk to you again. An exciting time of year. You know, I had Brody Clark on a couple of weeks ago. Um, to put it mildly, wow. And I, I know as a coach you want to talk about everybody, but uh, for the public they want to hear about the stars. Brody was just incredible for you guys. Yeah, well, that uh, that forty point performance he had versus UBC in a massive uh, game to finish our conference season was was special. And he's played on a bunch of you know really talented teams, including like Canadian national teams over his years. So he's always just kind of fit in. But now he's kind of trying to take that step to be you know the leader and go to scoring threat. And uh, he sure did the other night and, and all season really. So be nice to see his evolution as a player. Well, I like how you bring that up, evolution and leadership, because there's there always is that next level for a player, right? Do guys just naturally have that, and they some guys are just more willing to push and hit it? As a coach, do you have to recognize who might have that and try to bring it out of them? How do you look at that? 100%. Why are you trying to find people that have that desire to be the best they can be and recruit those guys and that's what recruitment's all about and then two once you have them in your program it's your job to help them you know become the best they can be and uh some guys you know obviously reach that goal and and get the most out of themselves some other guys kind of coast along and you know go play video games in all their spare moments and uh you know brody clark's not that guy he works his butt off academic all canadian he's been getting better every year and I mean, he used to just bang down low. We knew he could shoot the ball, and, you know, he started to add that into his game here. And uh, he'll be back with us for his fifth year next year, which will be special as well. So uh, he's he's really, you know, be progressing his game a little bit every season. And he also talked about Jordan Baker, who you coached and is one of the greatest U of A athletes of all time, not just basketball, one of the greats of all time. Sounds like Jordan had a pretty uh, big effect on Brody, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, all these sort of superstar caliber guys, I think, you know, they see someone like that that's been through the program before. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a good place for me to go to. And, uh, you know, hopefully young Ben Cricky from Jasper Place is out there listening because we think he's a superstar and we'd love to see him, you know, sort of join the Jordan Bakers and Brody Clarks of the world. And uh, and Jordan's helping coach with us as well, and he does great work with, with Brody. So Jordan's obviously a, a big part of Golden Bears basketball. All right, so you have the series this weekend coming up with UBC, 8 o'clock 
tip on Friday, 7 o'clock Saturday at the Savile Centre. If you need a Game 3, it'll be 5 o'clock on Sunday. It's a Canada West semifinal, so on the line is a berth in the uh, championship and also a berth in nationals. Uh, you're, the, you're the home team, you're the higher seed, so obviously you're going to be favoured, but I know as a coach you probably hate hearing me say that on the radio, but give me a little bit of a report here on UBC and what you expect from the series. Uh, you know, one of the most uh, talented rosters around, some some NCAA guys that came back to Canada, um, some really strong post play, and uh, I mean, it's, it's just a real tough team overall, well coached, so it's a battle. I mean, uh, I'm not sure we are favored, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be two, uh, two teams that have been having success this year battling it out for a spot in Nationals, so it's exciting basketball. Uh, we're happy with how our team's playing right now. We've picked up some momentum late in the year and uh, just trying to keep that momentum going and uh, stay positive and see how far it can take us. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to say this: there there are obviously tons of options for for sports fans this weekend, especially if they want to check out university. I mentioned there's volleyball and both hockey teams playing as well. The Savile Center is an outstanding place to watch a game so i will uh, i will let people know about that if they want to see the volleyball and or the basketball this weekend okay barnaby you're going to coach the edmonton stingers in the new league the canadian elite basketball league so so there's no overlap here you're free and clear to do both yeah u of a was great obviously you know that's my my main gig there at u of a and i love being part of golden bears athletics so uh they said go ahead and the two seasons don't overlap so this stinger season is you know through may through august and that's the downtime for the u of a job and uh i mean no mistake about it the u of a jobs 365 days this year round but the core part where the students are in school and the games are going on that stuff that stuff uh, edges off towards the end of march and that's where basically i'll be putting some time towards the stingers and coaching and working for them in the uh, in the summer months so i'll be a busy guy but uh it definitely got to work for the schedule and the two things don't overlap and i think they work really well together actually all right well we'll have to get you on again to talk more about the stingers i obviously hope this this league uh works I know that, uh, you know, I've covered a lot of leagues that have tried to get going and unfortunately don't always make it, but I hope the CEBL takes <laughs> off because that's going to be, well, no, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you know what it's like. I mean, it's I've seen a lot of leagues come and go, but I want this one to yeah. work, and, and, I, and I know the Stingers hired the great coach here with getting you on board. So we'll go more well, to that story next time we have you on. Yeah, well, well, before, I mean, just to follow up on that, I think this one, the one thing that's really different is this CBL has a different vision, and they've partnered with all the Canadian sports organizations. So they have a partnership with Canada Basketball, the national organization. they got a partnership with uh, U-Sport, the Canadian University organization. Uh, you know, so they've, they've already partnered up with all the big pieces, and I think that kind of groundwork gives this league a, a much bigger chance of, of success. So, uh, But I hear you about those past Edmonton basketball teams a few years back. So, uh, you know, best foot forward, I think this, this one has a whole different uh, uh, structure to it. Yeah, well said. Okay, Barbie, we will, uh, we will talk later. All the best against UBC, man. Go get them. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be doing our best this weekend. See you guys out at Savile. Right on. That is Barnaby Craddock, U of A Golden Bears basketball coach. Uh, man, what a weekend. And I'm going to be at Claire Drake Arena while the Golden Bears are playing the Dinos in game one of their best of three hockey semifinal. Good stuff. Quick 
check of the NHL scoreboard. 4-3 now. Blackhawks leading Detroit in the third. Second period, Avalanche up 1-0 on the Jets. First period, Flames up 1-0 on the Islanders. Tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7, Islanders and Oilers. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.